Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. And I just am excited as we are looking at the original Christmas playlist and looking at today Simeon's song. And I just celebrate prophetic fulfillment in my own life as we're going to talk about this prophet and his prophetic fulfillment. But I'm entering this season around Christmas and New Year's of 18 years out of the psych ward. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. That's called Jesus. That's called a gospel that changes the power of God to transform. And I celebrate his mercy and goodness in my life of being going on 18 years out of the psych board. Some of you said, I knew our pastor was crazy, but I didn't know he used to be that crazy. Well, that's what the devil does. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came and defeated him. And you might think the enemy's winning in your life right now, but let me tell you, Jesus came and he accomplished what he was sent to accomplish. And the Holy Spirit is here today to liberate and set captives free, to give us comfort and revelation. And you keep doing what you're doing now. We'll get done real quick today. Amen. Thanks for helping me preach already. But if I haven't had the honor of meeting you, I'm Chad Craig, one of the co-pastors here. And we're just so thankful that you would be here. And we want you to know that you're welcome here, that there's a place for you here. And uh, with that being said, uh, Pastor Craig already mentioned last week we looked at Mary's song. Uh, The week before that, when we kicked off the series, we looked at Zachariah's song. And uh, I want to go ahead and transition to this next song we're looking at from the original Christmas playlist. You find it in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. And I want to read from verse 22 all the way to verse 35 because that contains what the Lord has put in my heart of what I feel he wants to communicate to this community and to our lives today. But beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. And behold, There was a man in Jerusalem. Now that word is used often by Luke and in Scripture. To behold. That means slow down, as Pastor Craig mentioned. To take time and slow down and begin to intently observe something. The Holy Spirit in the Scripture is trying to prepare us for what the Lord is about to show us through Luke's account. He says, behold, slow down. Begin to observe. Begin to lean in. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. 
And when the parents brought in the, ch- in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I want to preach a message to you today titled Simeon's Song, Reaching the Revelation. In fact, if you didn't get a sermon card, you can lift your hand in the air and get someone will get you on. Also, on the Bible app. Uh, The message card is uploaded. You can follow along under events and dwelling place church. And before I move forward, I would like to pray. Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I thank you that he is Lord over this community. I thank you, Lord, that you care about each and every person that is here and you are well aware of their circumstances. And we thank you that the Prince of Peace has come. And we pray that that peace would begin to prevail in minds and hearts and homes and marriages. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would manifest Christ, that you would make much of Jesus, that you would cause us to see the great light. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge our need of you. I yield to you. We thank you for your many provisions. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. You know, when I think about Christmas each year, I think about the following question. Who is being presented? Every year at Christmas, I think about during this season, who is being presented? Is Rudolph being presented more than Jesus Christ? Is Santa being presented more than Jesus Christ? Is religion being presented more than Jesus Christ? Is Moses in the Old Testament, are gifts being presented more than Jesus Christ? It's a question I have. It's a question I have for my own life. It's a question I have for my own family. It's a question I have for our community. It's a question I have for you today. Who is being presented this Christmas in your life? Because who is being presented matters. You know why it matters? Because God's got a plan. He's got potential for your life. He's got revelation and he's got dreams and he's got prophecies that's attached to your life. And you won't be able to reach the revelation of what God has for you without Christ being the focus and being presented in your life and in your home. See, the original Christmas playlist, if we're going to talk about the original Christmas playlist, not the faux list, not the made-up list, not the list that others have made up, but if we're going to talk about the original Christmas playlist, we got to understand that it was Jesus being presented. When I look at this text, 
where you find Simeon's, Simeon's song, I find this. Isn't it interesting that the law of Moses leads to Jesus being present in the temple? Notice that it was Mary and Joseph who are obeying the law of Moses. And as they're obeying the law of Moses, their obedience to the law leads them to have Jesus present at the temple. You know it's the same in your life? It's to be the same in other people's lives? That Moses, knowing right and wrong, the do's and the do-nots, that they're to lead you to have Jesus in your temple. Your life is a temple. And religion and right and wrong and the Old Testament scriptures and the do's and do nots of life are to lead you to Jesus Christ and Him being in your temple. Can I tell some people today to don't stop short on the progression of truth? Some of you maybe grew up in church. Some of you maybe had parents that told you do this and don't do that. Or you had teachers or in the, the community you grew up in, you had some morality. But listen, don't stop short because morality and right and wrong and do's and do nots are not to be your whole course of life. They're to lead to Jesus being in your temple. They're to lead you to receiving the eternal gift from God, Jesus Christ in your life. See, listen to me. The biggest, the biggest hoax of all creation is a morality outside of the tree of life called the cross of Jesus Christ. The biggest hoax is that by me doing good and abstaining from doing wrong and living just based on principles and right and wrong, it is the biggest hoax at all times because you only find forgiveness and a new heart and a peace that surpasses understanding and the power of God to make you a new creation. You only find it by Jesus being in your temple. Does anybody know that Moses in right and wrong has led to Jesus being in your temple, that Jesus has come on the inside of you and made you a child of God, a new creation, changed your heart. This is what we see in the story, that the law of Moses is to lead to us coming to Jesus, to placing faith in his perfect obedience, not trying to depend on our perfect performance. Grace and truth has come. And it's come through Jesus Christ. I want us this Christmas not to stop short. I don't want us to talk more about gifts. More about religion. More about do's and don'ts and Moses than we do about Jesus Christ. I don't want us this Christmas to stop only at temporary gifts instead of stopping at the eternal gift, Jesus Christ. I don't want your marriage, and I don't want your home, and I don't want your family this Christmas to just stop short of the eternal gift of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus makes all things better. Can I hear an amen? Do you know that people would benefit more 
if we presented them with the presence of Christ in our temple than just presenting them with temporary gifts? I know some of us, I know oftentimes our, our, those of us that are married, our wives or, or, or uh, females that have great uh, hospitality gifts or, or uh, just a, a desire to give and to serve others. I know sometimes they carry such a weight. Am I going to get the right gift for my friend? Are they really going to like it? Have I, have I remembered everybody I want to buy gifts with? Sometimes we carry this pressure of am I getting the right gifts for people? But do you know what people would benefit more from? Not just temporary gifts we give them. But they'll benefit more from Jesus being in our temple. They'll benefit more with Jesus being in our life. Because the Bible says when Jesus gets in your life and in your temple, you become a fragrance. You become a refreshing. You become a light. You become hope to people around you. And I don't know about you, but if you've looked at the world lately, it is a dark world. It is a hopeless world. It is an oppressive world. But Jesus being in our temple and in our life can change things. Can I hear an amen? I want to tell some pastors and leaders today, don't stop short by just presenting Moses this Christmas, just telling people to change a new leaf and to stop this and start that. No, we got to realize the Christmas story is that right and wrong is to lead us to find mercy and forgiveness and salvation in Jesus Christ alone. For it is by grace... God's power and ability through faith, we are saved alone. We don't want to stop short this Christmas just presenting trends, temporary fads, speaking to just current needs, and not reach the eternal present of Jesus Christ. When you continue to look at the story, I also find that it's interesting that when Jesus was present in the temple, then Simeon's prophecy came to pass. See, we're talking today that Simeon's song represents reaching the revelation. It represents reaching the revelation. Meaning God wants to reveal His purpose, good works, things that He has for you that He's called you to. That's called a revelation. It's a prophecy. See, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It's the testimony of who He is. It's the testimony of who He is to you. It's the testimony of who He will be to you. It's the testimony of what He wants to do through you. Prophecy is the testimony of Jesus and it's future-oriented of what Jesus desires to do in your life. And you don't have to fear what He wants to do. The fact that He came as that babe shows you that God stands towards you is goodwill. God's stance towards you is to make all things new and all things better. But if you're going to experience the revelation and the prophecies and the plan that God has for you, then Jesus is going to have to be in your temple. You're going to have to allow Jesus to have his way in your life. See, listen to me. You can't have fulfilled 
promises and prophecies that testify about Jesus in your life without Jesus. I'll say it again. You can't get fulfilled what testifies about Jesus in your life without Jesus. I know some of you, God's given you promises. He's given you promises for your marriage, for your business, for your career, for areas of your character, for your children, for family members, for your future. And you got to understand that you're not going to experience those prophecies that testify about what Jesus has for you without you learning to depend on Jesus in your temple. See, this is why New Testament prophecy, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, it encourages, it builds us up, it stirs us up, and it helps us up. Does anybody need to be helped up in an area today? Does anybody need to be encouraged in an area today? Does anybody need to be built up in an area today? Well, this is what the testimony of Jesus does. This is what the prophetic promises that the Holy Spirit, as we say, wants to whisper in your inner ear and whisper in your heart that God has for you. See, a prophecy passes when what was declared is now in the present tense. A prophecy only passes in your life when what was declared back then is now present in your life. You know, this is how you know true biblical prophecy versus false prophecy. It's true biblical prophecy testifies of Jesus. False prophecy gets your attention off of Jesus, off of his ability, off of what he has for your life. God wants each and every one of us to reach the revelation, to reach the prophecies, to reach the purposes that he has for our life. And in order to do that, we need to learn from Simeon's song because Simeon's song represents when you've reached the revelation, when you've reached the fulfillment in an area of your life. Now, I want to ask up front, who is Simeon? Who is Simeon? Well, the scripture is pretty silent regarding all of who he is. It says regarding Simeon that he was a man who lived in Jerusalem. It highlights that he's a man. It highlights that he lived in Jerusalem. And by highlighting that he lived in Jerusalem, what Scripture is saying is that this man had a context. He had a sphere of influence. He had a place where he was able to influence others. Can I tell the men in here today that you have a sphere of influence? That God can use you to impact others around you? Can I just tell men that you don't have to be ashamed to serve Jesus, that you'll only be a real man the way God created you when you surrender to the man, Jesus Christ? Amen. Ladies, you also, you have a sphere. You have a place. But Scripture highlights that we have a person who lived in an area and he was consistently in that context and in that sphere and what else does it say about Simeon? It says two characteristics. He was just and devout. Pastor Craig mentioned you have a man that each day in his context he was just. He was living out as he depended on God what God had asked of him in his context. He's doing it day in and day night. 
day in and, and evening. He is just and he's, listen, he's devout. He is consistent in what he is doing. I think it's wise this Christmas that I would ask myself and you would ask yourself, who am I? Who is Chad? Because the Bible says that Simeon was just and devout. See, listen, you have a part, you have a role to play in your business, in your marriage, and you reaching the revelation and the plan that God has for you. And when you look at Simeon, you don't find a person who's not interested in the things of God, and he is able to reach the revelation. You don't find a person that is intentionally living in unjust means and manners in his context and is able to reach the revelation. You don't find a man that just haphazardly is going through life and has inconsistencies that is reaching the revelation. You find a man who lived in Jerusalem who was just and devout. We need to ask ourselves this question now. What is Simeon doing? Well, listen, he's doing that which is just. That's why he was a just man. But he's not just doing that which is just. Listen, he's waiting. You know what that's called, friends? That's called faith and patience. And the Bible says that faith and patience are necessary to reach the promises. We see in Simeon an example of our posture and our response to the prophecies and the declarations and the promises that God has for our life. You see a man that is just, that means he's living faithful. You know what faithful means? Staying filled with faith. He's filled with faith, not in his greatness, but in the greatness of the one who spoke to him. And he's waiting. And this is needed to reach the revelation. Isn't it also interesting that while Simeon is waiting, the Holy Spirit was upon him? See, I have found that many think that the Holy Spirit is only upon them when they are working. You see that the Holy Spirit would come upon people in the Old Testament... He came upon people in the New Testament because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's for empowerment. That's what they waited for. Fifty days after the Lamb, the Passover Jesus was presented in that upper room. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And when He came upon them, they became supernatural witnesses to the Lordship of Jesus. But listen, the Holy Spirit is who makes waiting possible. Can I tell you today that it's not your tendency as a human to wait? It's not our tendency in American society to wait. We say, I want it now. I want it my way. I want it when I want it. But the Holy Spirit being upon Simeon allowed him to wait until the prophecy and the promise that God had for his life would come to pass. 
Can I tell you that you might be waiting for what God spoke to you years ago? You might be waiting for what God has shown you years ago, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not upon you. The Holy Spirit empowers us not just to do the works of service that testifies to Jesus' Lordship, but He also empowers us to do what is not natural for us, and that's to wait. To wait on God to do what He spoke in our life. To wait on the one who can accomplish what we could never accomplish. He's waiting and yet the Holy Spirit's upon him. Say with me, by the Holy Spirit, I'm waiting and watching for the revelation. You say, what revelation? Well, one, the revelation of Jesus to come, his second coming. The Holy Spirit wants to be upon you that you wait for Jesus to return. That you don't get weary in well-doing and get distracted with the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you to wait for the soon coming return of Jesus. But not just waiting for his physical return, but waiting for him to return to the areas that he promised you, the areas that he spoke to you, the areas that he says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a good hope in that area in your life. Isn't it interesting that as you read the story about Simeon, it says he was comforted. But it's interesting that while Simeon is comforted, his heart is still for Israel to be consoled. This represents the tension of the kingdom. It's very seldom where every sphere and every area of my life is experiencing prophetic fulfillment all at the same time. I can be rejoicing in one area. We had a, a Christmas gathering for leaders in the community, and Pastor Craig chose me and another as we acted out the Christmas song to be Lords of Leaping. And some of you that's sitting over there, I, had to, I leaped over some of those chairs when it became our time. But you can have in one area of your marriage, in one area of your business, in one area of your character, in one area regarding a family member, you can, you can be leaping because the Lord and what He's spoken is being fulfilled. And yet the, there's another area that you're just barren and waiting for God to breathe upon, for God to visit upon again in Jesus, for you to be comforted in. This is the tension of the kingdom. This is why for control freaks, the Scripture through much tribulation, you must enter the kingdom of God. Become so real. Because we want everything to always line up in our timing, in our ways, according to our bank account. And the Lord is the potter, and I find I'm just the clay. But this is the tension of the kingdom. That my consolation in one area is to further others being consoled. And others being comforted in an area is to further me being consoled. This is the kingdom. You find Simeon. He's being comforted by the Holy Spirit in his life. But he's also remembering that the nation of Israel is not 
experiencing all the promises that God has for them. He's longing for the consolation of Israel, meaning he's longing for the king to come who would cause the oppression of sin to be removed and also the oppression of Rome, that God, through Jesus Christ, would bring a context that we could be fruitful again, that we could serve him again without fear and trembling and be empowered to live under the blessing of his reign. A reign of righteousness and a reign of peace. You continue on, you look at the store and you begin to see these different things taking place and that Dr. Luke communicates. And I find also, isn't it interesting that while Simeon received revelation on what he would not see, it clarified what he would see. See, the Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit revealed to him. He said, Simeon, you won't see physical death until you see with your physical eyes the Lord's Christ. I want to tell some people today that a no from the Lord is also a yes. They like that back there. They were like, yes, that's for me. They were, they were, they were being consoled back there. Single people believing. Amen. <laughs> Believing from that favor to manifest. He who finds a wife finds favor from the Lord. That means, that means we as men are just so messed up. <laughs> that without favor, we ain't never getting the woman that would stick with us. He said, the Lord said, no, it's not them. Well, listen, a no is also a Yes. A won't is also an it will. It won't come to pass means that something will come to pass. A let go is also a hold on to. A move forward is also a leave behind. A surrender that is also a receive this. See, Simeon being revealed what he wouldn't see was God also telling him what he would see? Let me ask you this personally this morning. What would the Lord have you to see first with your natural eyes before you then see death? I want you to ask him this Christmas. What, what kind of prophecy, what kind of promise does the Lord want to breathe upon your heart, breathe in your spirit this Christmas? that the Lord wants you to experience, that the Lord wants you to taste, that the Lord wants you to receive before you physically die. Ask Him. He'll do it. Isn't it interesting that while Simeon is led by the Spirit and Mary and Joseph are led by the revealed truth that Jesus is then taken up in His arms? This is an amazing thing. You have... Two parties. You got Mary and Joseph. You got Simeon. And within God's overall prophetic purpose and promise, they each have specific promises of how they're to play a part in what God is doing overall. And yet, it says Mary and Joseph obey the revealed truth, the law of Moses, 
And Simeon is led by the Spirit in the now that their prophetic promises for each of them collide and it causes Simeon to take up Jesus in his arms. You know what that means? To experience the fulfillment of what God has for him. See, this amazes me. I know some of you single people, you're so nervous. You, you, you think if I don't show up to the right restaurant at the right hour and have on the right clothes with the right hairdo, then I'm going to miss my promised husband. Some of you think that all the pressure's on you to find yourself in the right place for that prophetic moment of you taking up Jesus and his prophecy and promises being fulfilled in your life. And this story of Simeon's blows that out of the water. That when God has promised something to you, when God has given you a prophecy and you obey what God has already revealed to you and then you're open to being led by the Holy Spirit moment by moment, that those two things, you doing what's already been revealed to you to do and staying open to the Holy Spirit will cause you not to miss what God has for you, but it will cause you to take up in your arms what God has promised for you. Can I just tell some people today to get the focus off you thinking that you got to figure it all out of how God's going to do it and when he's going to do it. You just do what he's already revealed to you and let the Holy Spirit lead and orchestrate you. Can I remind us this morning again that the name of God is that he's a good shepherd. He ain't trying to lead you away from you taking up in your arms what God's promised you. He's trying to lead you right into the fulfillment of his purpose and his promise in your life. What an amazing thing. And, and I've lived it because I thought, you know, it's so dependent on the other people that's involved in the prophetic promise on my life. Doing everything right. Oh, can I tell you what Proverbs says? That the king's heart is in the hand of our God and he turns it wherever he wishes. When it's time for it to come to pass, if they've been resistant before, they're about to be ready to get in line with what God's doing. Can I tell you that there's no person that's connected to your prophetic promise when you're obeying what's been revealed to you and being led to the Spirit that can stop you from falling short of reaching the revelation? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise His name. See, your arms and hands will possess the prophetic fulfillment when you are led by the Spirit and led by the truth already revealed in Scripture. That's why Jesus said a wise scribe will bring things out of his treasure box from the old and the new. For you to take up Jesus and his promise being experienced by you and you reaching the revelation... You would be wise to remember the old things he's already revealed to you and be open for a new leading to you. You know what else as you're reading this story and this event surrounding Simeon? Isn't it interesting that the law leads to Jesus? That's what Paul said. He said, the Old Testament, do and don't living, morality outside of Jesus, right and wrong, leads you to Jesus. You know why? Because morality, right and wrong living, will only reveal to you that you're not perfect and that you can't consistently do what's right. 
And it's to lead you to Jesus who can take what's wrong in your life and make it right. That you can only be made a child of God and in right standing with God through faith in Jesus Christ and His performance, not your own. But isn't it interesting that the law leads to Jesus, then watch this, that waiting on Jesus leads to the Holy Spirit being upon, and the Holy Spirit being upon comforts, reveals, and leads to prophetic fulfillment. That's what you see in this story. You see the law leading to Jesus being in the temple. You see Simeon's been waiting on Jesus and the Holy Spirit is upon him as he waits. And then the Holy Spirit upon him is comforting him, is revealing and speaking to him and leading him into the prophetic fulfillment. That sounds a lot to me like the day of Pentecost. See, you've got to understand that the parallels of the working of God in Scripture are still going on today. That as people get Jesus in their temple and they wait on Jesus and spend time, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and empowers them towards their prophetic purpose. See, when the Holy Spirit not just lives in you, but He comes upon you, it's all kinds of biblical language. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. Not that God would just put His Spirit in flesh, but He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That's an empowerment of the kingdom. That causes you to be propelled towards the prophetic purpose. You know why you need that empowerment? Because there's a real devil. There's a real enemy. There's real roadblocks that, God, that the devil tries to put in front of God's purpose for you, but the Holy Spirit will empower you around it, under it, over it, or through it. The Holy Spirit came upon Peter who denied Jesus three times. Then he stood before a crowd that crucified him and said, you crucified the Prince of Life. The Holy Spirit upon you will turn you into another person because it is the supernatural grace of God working through you so that Jesus gets the glory. You know that the essence of what happened on that day of Pentecost is still happening on the earth today. That if you got Jesus in the temple, the Holy Spirit's in your temple, but that Holy Spirit also wants to be upon you to empower the work of your hands and the words of your lips and your vision towards you reaching the revelation for your life. The Holy Spirit in our life, He comes to comfort you. He comforts you because waiting is difficult. Many of us have a life or have careers where we don't have to wait so much for others. We can get out a hammer and we can get out of nails or we can just start going to work. But as we're waiting for what God has said in our life and we're seeing the opposite, We're seeing it look like the enemy's winning. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. To remind us that though it tarries, it'll come to pass. That the same God that breathed it into your heart is able to perform it in your life. That the Holy Spirit comforts you until you take Jesus up into your experience in the area that He promised. He comforts you. That's why Jesus called Him the Comforter. 
but he also reveals to you. Jesus said he was born by the Spirit, but after he was water baptized and then the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove, then he quoted the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. He says, now, not just am I full of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is upon me. I have been anointed, and he said this, the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon is to bring the recovery of sight to the blind. You know what that means? It means areas where you can't see Jesus. Areas where you think there's no way to see Jesus in your arms, Jesus in your marriage, Jesus in your business, Jesus changing your character. The Holy Spirit enlightens your eyes where there's been darkness. He comforts you on the journey. He enlightens your eyes where darkness has tried to come in. And listen, He will lead you to those prophetic fulfillment encounters. Or what God promised in the past becomes experienced in the now. The Holy Spirit will enable you to reach the revelation. Then you notice in verse 28 of the text that I read that you find a major, major transition. Because you come to the point where Dr. Luke has caused us to see the context of the encounter and the event that's taking place But now he's transitioning to show us the actual song that Simeon sings. Verse 29, Lord, now. Somebody say now. Now Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people to Israel. Let me look now at these, this song of Simeon's where you find these words of emphasis, now letting depart in peace. Isn't it interesting that while Simeon was comforted, he was not yet ready to depart in peace? I find that interesting. The Bible says that he's being comforted He's experiencing comfort from the Lord. And though he's comforted, he's not ready to leave the earth. Do you know that means that you can have some fulfillment and comfort in areas, but it doesn't mean that that's all that God has for you. See, listen, I'm comforted in some areas now. I've seen some prophetic prophecies uh, over my life come into my arms, come into my experience. But you know what? Though I'm comforted in that, I'm not ready to leave this earth. God still has more, and He's still got more for you. As long as we got breath in our lungs, God can breathe a fresh prophecy, a fresh word. He can prepare us for a fresh work that He can do in us and through us for His glory. And Simeon's comforted during the process, but listen, the departure in peace is when there is a reaching of prophetic revelation. You receive comfort during the process, but you're only able to depart in peace from that area when there is an actual reaching of the prophetic revelation. See, the word of the Lord in areas will not let me depart in peace. You want to give up on that family member? You want to give up on that marriage? You want to give up on that child that is strayed? You want to give up on seeing that invention and that idea that God has given you come to pass? But... That word, that prophecy won't let you depart in peace. You just can't let it go. You just can't leave it. See, the Bible says that the word of the Lord tested Joseph until it came to pass. It's a good thing. 
that the word of the Lord keeps messing with us. That the Holy Spirit keeps comforts us. But listen, when that word comes into your experience through a now moment, when it's fulfilled, then and only then can you move on in peace from that area. See, in between the tension of your past and the tension of your future, there are to be now moments with God. In between your past and your future is to be these now moments of encountering and experiencing the fulfillment of God's prophetic words in your life. Hallelujah. I want to do something here. I've never done this before. Is David here? David, will you stand up? David, I don't think it's by accident that God orchestrated you having a yes to carry those books in your vehicle. God, time and time again, has used vehicles in my life to represent my ministry that He called me to. And I pray for every one of those 501 books that you're carrying to a place that's already experiencing the fulfillment that God has for that church, that everyone would represent a life that through you and Jill in the ministry and the vehicle He has for you in the days of head would come to pass. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, this is Simeon's song. Simeon's song is that what was spoken in the past and what I've been longing for in the future is now taking place. And now it's time to sing for the now moment, the God moment, the fulfillment is in my arms. It's in my experience. God wants you all throughout your life to have moments where you sing Simeon's song. Where you sing coming out of the fulfillment of God's prophetic words and promises for your life. And then isn't it interesting that it is the fulfillment of the word of the Lord that lets Simeon be able to depart in peace. See, listen to me. I don't want to depart seasons. I don't want to depart places. I don't want to depart relationships. I don't want to depart the earth until the prophetic promises in my life regarding those areas are fulfilled. What about you? Oh, it's the fulfillment of them that lets you depart in peace. And then as Simeon sings, he blesses God. Do you know it blesses God for you to acknowledge that he's fulfilled what he's promised to your life? Do you know it blesses God for you to testify to others how God's been faithful to you? And you might have had to go through the flood and you might have had to go through the fire. You might have had to go through rejection and hurt and brokenness and things falling apart. But it blesses God where after the now fulfillment happens that you stand and sing 
that the Lord is faithful. Does anybody today know that the Lord is faithful? Has he been faithful and let you depart in some areas with the peace of prophecies coming to pass? See, Simeon sees his process as being similar to Jacob in the Old Testament. Now, I mentioned God refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob was the third generation of this new process that God began with Abram that would bless all the nations of the world. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob, in his process, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. He gave him 12 sons. Each of those sons created the 12 tribes of Israel, and the 12 tribes of Israel created the nation of Israel. And Simeon, as he's been waiting for the prophetic words to be fulfilled in his life, he looks back in his song that he's reached the revelation, and he sees that his process is similar to Jacob's. In fact, if they'll put it up in Genesis 46, in verse 30. In Genesis, verse, this is Israel, this is Jacob. Moments before he's going to pass away. And he's blessing his children. And Israel said to Joseph, now let me die. Since I have seen your face, because you are still alive. He said, I'm ready to depart in peace, because now... The seed that I thought was cast away has came back as a harvest. God says my promises are like seeds. And you might think that seed's been cast aside. Listen, you got to cast the seed. You got to let the seed be broken. You got to let the seed die. You got to let you think you could ever fulfill that promise on your own. But when you surrender and let go, the life in that promise, Jesus Christ, will cause it to be raised up and harvested. Let me ask you today. Who in the scripture do you see that might represent the current process that God has you in? Because Paul says in Romans 15 that God gave us stories His history of working on the earth to comfort you towards you reaching the revelation. This is Simeon's song. Simeon's song. See, listen, when you see that Jesus is alive, you will be willing to die also. Listen to me. Let me explain it. Jesus said, if you want to follow me and experience the kingdom and God's promises fulfilled in your life and the peace that I have and the joy that I have and the righteousness that I have, listen, he says, you got to take up your cross. Now, the cross meant only one thing was about to happen. You didn't leave the cross until you died. But when... We see that Jesus is alive. When we see the true essence of the story of Christmas, that Jesus came, then we're willing to die. Does that mean? We're willing to let go of depending on our own wisdom, knowledge, hands, and ability to change things because we know that Jesus lives. We're willing to take up our cross and let go so then God can move and do what only he can do. Notice also what Simeon says. He says, for my eyes have seen He has a now moment. The now moment has 
Now let him depart in peace because, he says, my eyes have seen. Isn't it interesting that Simeon's eyes have seen what is before the face of all peoples? See, the promises of God are yes and amen. And what God has done in your life through the process and the promises that you've experienced in Christ, you now living in the fulfillment of those promises, listen, is testifying before the faces of all those around you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he won't just deliver one person from drugs and alcohol, but what he did in them, he'll, he'll start the process in another. He won't just give fulfillment uh, to one single of finding favor and being married. That what he did in another is to testify before the faces of all people that he'll do it again. He won't just heal and restore one marriage, but what he did in that marriage will be before the faces of other marriages that he'll heal and restore their marriage. That he won't just get one person through the process and walking in their calling and in their ministry and their function. But when they do it, it'll be before the face of other peoples that'll do it for them. He says, I've seen it now with my eyes. I've lived it. What I'm saying is not just based on the promise of what I'm being comforted and hoping God will do. What I'm saying has the substance because God's already done it in my life and he's setting it before your face. The problem is, is Simeon says that God sets it before their face. Now, why does God not set it before their eyes? Because he says, I've seen the light. Here's why. Because the Bible says because of sin, because of deception, because we've all turned our own way, that though we have eyes, we cannot see. It's before their face, but so many can't see. That's why it takes prayer. It takes Causing people to taste Jesus being present in your temple before they see. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say people will see and then want to taste what you have. It says they'll taste what you have and then they'll see. Because having eyes they cannot see. That's why we pray for them. That's 2 Corinthians 4. That the God of this age, Satan, who have blinded the minds of unbelievers, that he would be loosed from their mind. That the glory of God in the face of Jesus would not shine into their mind, but it would shine into their heart. It would shine past the doubt into their heart that they would have a revelation that Jesus is more than just someone who started this wonderful time called Christmas. But he is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is the one who's the beginning and the end. He is the one that can take people who are messed up and broken like all people, but he can make you new on the inside. He can give you a new heart. He can give you a new relationship with the Father. He can give you forgiveness of sins and peace with your creator. And he can give you a new purpose with a new assignment and new gifts and talents for the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? Can I tell you? Though all people might have eyes, though they cannot see, all people do have faces. And can I tell every face here today and every face listening by live stream or podcast that God knows your name, God knows your pain, God knows your face, and he knows your story. And it is our prayer that through the spoken word that the Holy Spirit would shine into your heart the revelation that Jesus Christ came to remove pain. He came to remove the effects of sin. He came to remove the bondage of the enemy and false prophecies and negativity and curse 
curses off our life that we could stand before our creator not based on our own righteousness but based on the righteousness he gives us through faith in Jesus Christ but I want to ask us who have seen the great light today I want to ask us who have sung Simeon's song at times that where we reach the revelation, we reach the fulfillment of something that God revealed to us and spoken to us. I want to ask us today, do we still see their faces? Do we still see the effects of sin upon people? Do we still see the hopelessness? Do we still see the be- bewilderment? Do we still see the oppression and the heartache upon the faces around us? It's my prayer that those of us that know that Jesus is in our temple, is allowing Jesus to live in and through our temple, those of us that's been comforted because we've reached the revelation in certain areas, that we will live within the tension of the kingdom, that there's still others that need to know the comfort. The comfort of Jesus. The Prince of Peace. Savior of the world. We'd see their faces of people who've lost their eyes to see clearly, who's lost vision for their life, for their marriages, for themselves, for their purpose. It's in the midst of Christmas. Statistically more suicides or attempts take place. It's in the midst of Christmas that we will present Jesus not try better, not do better, not try harder, but allow Moses to lead us to present Jesus. That despite where you've been blinded, despite your choices and where you've lost your voice, your influence, at Christmas, said Jesus has come to return vision to your life to return a voice to your life and to be a blessing to others. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Simeon's song says, Now let me depart in peace. This light is a light for Gentiles. It's a light for Israel. It's a light to the single mom. It's a light to the crack addict. It's a light to black, white, Hispanic, and all the other. It's a light for everyone. Let's present Jesus. Because I find it interesting that when Simeon shares about Jesus, it causes even Joseph and Mary, the mother of Jesus, to marvel. It makes me wonder... Are we sharing about Jesus what people think they know or have already heard? Or do we understand we need to share things about Jesus that will make them marvel? Some of you today don't know that Jesus still heals people physically. You know other things, but you may have never heard that. That causes you to marvel. Disciples of Jesus, we're to cause people to marvel about what we say about Jesus. Don't tell them what they've always heard. That's not causing them to marvel, to change. Tell them something about Jesus they've never heard. 
I grew up knowing, yes, if you let Jesus come in your temple, He'll forgive you and save you, and one day you'll go to heaven, brother. But I thought I had to live like hell from now to then. I thought I had to carry the wounds of rejection and growing up in a family that was broken by divorce. I didn't know then that that same Jesus that forgives sins, you get Him in your temple, He'll also heal the broken heart. He'll remove depression and the ashes of your past and he'll replace it with the oil and joy of his presence and he raises up people out of the ash heap it don't matter how bad it looks how bad it's been Jesus Christ can still cause us to marvel today see your song of fulfillment is sharing the light you have seen And then isn't it interesting that Simeon is able to bless the earthly parents of Jesus? Most people would think, man, Simeon compared to the parents of Jesus? Only they can bless Simeon. No, no, Simeon was able to bless them. Can I tell you that you might be the lesser, but you are still able to bless the greater? Let me put it this way. You might be the employee, but you are still able to bless the employer. You might not be the boss, but God can use you to bless the boss. You might be the aged, but you are still able to bless the rising young. You might not come from a heritage of faith as others, but you are still able to bless those who come from a lineage of believers. You see this in Simeon. And then isn't it interesting that he who causes many to be blessed is also spoken against by many others. Can I tell you today to go ahead and sing your song, go ahead and sing Simeon's song, whether people get offended or not, that we overcome by the word of our testimony of where we have taken up in our arms Jesus' prophetic fulfillment. I want some people that say, you know what, people might be angry and people might get upset, but I'm not going to allow Simeon's song and the song of God's prophetic fulfillment be silenced in my life. In fact, I wish there's some people that would go ahead and stand up and let's start singing a song unto the Lord. Come on, why don't we all just stand up and say, Lord, maybe some of you are already singing Simeon's song in this season. Go ahead and sing the song of God's fulfillment of things He's promised in your life. Others of you, you need to be encouraged that God can start the process in your marriage the process in your life, the process in your business today. Say, God, here I am. Holy Spirit, show me what you want my eyes to see before I depart in the earth. Come on, make it your prayer. Again, thanks so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. God bless you.